0: Welcome to the Website Coach podcast, the podcast for entrepreneurs and small business owners that want a winning website, one that attracts more visitors and helps them book more clients. I'm Marie Brown, a website designer and business strategist, and I'll be sharing simple and actionable tips to help you create a winning website. So let's get started. Hello, welcome to episode five of the podcast. And I want to start today's podcast with a story about a client of mine. Let's call him Ken. Now, Ken found me through Google. I don't know what he typed in, to be honest, but he typed something into Google and my website, Beyond the Kitchen Table, came up. He obviously looked through the website and he then used the website to book an initial call with me, because he can do that on the website. This was last Tuesday. When we got on the call the following day, he was keen to book. You see, he'd connected with me and my business before I'd even had the call with him. The website resonated with him. After the call, I sent him the contract and invoice for the initial deposit. and By the end of Wednesday, it was signed and paid. Now, this story isn't really about Ken. It's about my website. You see... My website did all the work. It attracted and nurtured this client, pretty much all on its own. There was no client recommendation to help, and Ken hadn't seen my social media, at least not before, before finding the website. Now I did help. I had a call with Ken. I don't provide the facility to book a bespoke website design and build up my website. I like to talk to the client first. And I think they like to talk to me too. And of course I wrote a follow-up email with contract and invoice. All in, it probably took about one and a half hours of my time. It was such an easy sale. Now, of course it doesn't always happen like that. But this story of Ken, which is a true story from the past week, shows that it can. And boy, does it feel good when it does. There's a lot of hype at the moment around passive income. But many of us would actually prefer passive marketing, not to have to endlessly feed the social media animal. Now, I'm not suggesting for a moment that you abandon social media. The greatest power is in using social media, PR, personal recommendations, Pinterest, etc., together with your website, with your website at the heart. Your website is such an important marketing tool. It can, and indeed should, be attracting and booking clients or at the very least giving you very good leads if you don't want them to book on the website. And in this episode, I'm going to talk to you about how. How you can set up your website to attract and book clients without having to do anything else. And the first thing to understand is who you are targeting. Many of my potential clients tell me, well, anyone and everyone will pay me, And while you might be willing to work for anyone and everyone, and who am I to stop you, this doesn't work for marketing. Because what resonates with one person won't with another. It's very, very difficult to pitch to everyone without failing to pitch to anyone. Think about when you're looking to buy a product or service. What appeals to you is different to what appeals to other people. And you want to feel understood. It's really difficult to appeal to everyone. Even the likes of Marks and Spencers are finding that these days. My website connected with Ken because he is exactly the kind of personal business that I'm targeting. If I was targeting very tech-savvy 20-year-olds, I'd need different images and text. If I was targeting large corporates, it would be different again. And if I tried to appeal to all three, I'd likely fail with all of them because they'd think I wasn't talking to them. So in order to get a website that attracts and books, you need to know who you're trying to attract and book. We'll call them your ideal client. Now, this doesn't stop you from answering queries from or booking others. We're talking about who you're targeting with your website here. Next is to understand the message that you're trying to tell your ideal client. What is your ideal client looking for? And this will be different for different businesses. We built a website for a client, Chris. Chris runs a wedding chauffeur car service in a smallish town in Australia. And Chris told us it was all about the party for his clients. So that is the message we're showing across the website, in the images and in the copy. Another client whose website we built is a makeup artist based in the West Country. And like Chris, she's targeting wedding couples. But her clients are often more mature brides. And for her, the message is about making them look and feel confident, looking and feeling their best. Again, this is reflected in the images and copy. If we had tried to use the party message with her, it would have fallen flat, because that's not what her clients are looking for. Well, how do you work out the message? Think about the common themes that unite your clients. What problem are you solving? Or what outcome do you give them that others in your industry don't? And it's not usually about price. Unless you're selling the exact same thing as someone else. So if you're selling, say, a brand of printer, an Apple iPhone, or a tin of Heinz beans, then price may be the key factor. Unless there's something else you bring that differentiates you. I might buy my tin of beans at the local news agents because it's convenient and of course I'd be paying more than if I went to my local supermarket. There are other things that can differentiate delivery in one hour or the printer set up for you, in which case your message would be around convenience rather than price. There are lots of people who build websites, we're not going to be the cheapest. Our message is based on our user-friendliness and our business and marketing knowledge. We'll hold your hand, we don't talk tech speak, and we'll deliver you a website that's been strategically designed to attract and book you clients. What's your message? Okay, number three. Now we know who we're trying to attract and what message we're giving, we can really start working on the website. So what's your ideal client typing into Google to find a business like yours? It's really important that this is what the people you're targeting are typing in. It doesn't need to be something that gets lots of hits, just enough to work for you. And in fact, small and niche usually works best. In episode four of the podcast, I talked about SEO and used the example of a wedding photographer. People searching for a wedding photographer are likely to be searching for one covering their wedding venue or the area of their wedding or possibly the style of their wedding. So it's Wedding Photographer Pencers Place, or Wedding Photographer Tunbridge Wells, or, I don't know, Vintage Wedding Photography. There aren't going to be hundreds of weddings at Pencers Place each year, so it's not likely to be a term that gets lots of hits. But if you're a wedding photographer covering that area, it's going to be one that some of your ideal clients will be using. And once you know what your ideal clients are searching for, then you need to make sure you're writing about that. If you've not listened, go back to episode four, and I talk about the importance of having a page of your website that's written specifically for that term. Not just mentioning that term, pencils Place, for example, in a list of places where you photograph. Because we want you to be on page one. Ideally at or near the top. Not languishing down on page five where nobody goes. Okay, number four, Google My Business. As well as coming up in organic search, depending upon the service you offer, you might want to come up on the map. Now, the map is at the top of the organic search results. Organic search results are the ones that you don't pay for, not the ads that are at the top and bottom of the results page. So how do you get on the map? Well, you need to have a Google My Business account. The good news is it's free to set one up. You just need to add a physical address to register and an email too. Google will send you a postcard to the address to verify that it belongs to your business. It doesn't need to be the address that you operate your business from. And once you have an account, start asking people for reviews. Yes, of course, people can leave unsolicited reviews. And actually, I frequently do especially if it's a local business I love, because I know it makes a difference. But I'm not normal. I think I'll probably just leave that statement hanging. (laughs) There are lots of other things you can add to Google My Business, like images and posts. Do they make a difference? To be honest, I've got no idea. They probably do, but I suspect reviews are far more important. I know I've tested this myself. Once I'd set up Google My Business, I could see my business on the map if I zoomed in. Once I got more reviews, I started to appear on the map without zooming in. And in fact, if you type in Website Designer Seven Oaks, you'll see me. I'm not in the top position yet. I'm in second place, at least at the time of this recording. The business above mine has been around much longer and has more reviews. So I've got some work to do to get to that top spot. But I'll get there. If you don't have a Google My Business account, the best thing you can do TODAY is to get one. And if you do, then go and ask for some reviews. Unless of course you're the website designer above me in Seven X, then please don't. Number five, what else can you do to ensure your website attracts clients? One of the best things you can do to both attract and book clients is to write a blog. I know, I know, this is probably not what you want to hear. You're probably hoping I'd say blogging is dead because I know blogs take time and effort to write. And you're busy. I get that. I'm too. I've fallen off the blogging bandwagon more times than I'd like to admit. And that's fine. Of course, it's good to be consistent. But I'll let you into a secret. Writing blog posts sporadically, when you feel like it, it's much better than not writing any. Blog posts are great ways to write about topics that you wouldn't want to necessarily have as a static page on your website. You can write about all sorts of subjects that your ideal client is interested in, that they're searching for. I've written blog posts on all sorts of subjects I know my ideal client is interested in, like SEO, branding photography, what to write on your homepage, about page, etc., one of my blog posts, I'm not going to tell you which one it is today, maybe in a future episode, but it's not one I would have anticipated, is responsible for about 20 to 30% of the traffic to my website. One single post. It was written more than a year ago. I mean, that's just crazy. One post that took a couple of hours is responsible for hundreds of thousands of people finding my website. They're not all my ideal client, but some of them are. And they would never have found my website if I hadn't written that blog post. Blog posts have a double benefit. Not only do they help your SEO. SEO is getting found on Google. Sorry, this is a jargon-free podcast. (laughs) But they also show your authority to people who do find your website. Let's take that example of a wedding photographer. If you're a couple getting married at a particular venue and you're searching for a wedding photographer. Maybe you've not searched on Google, but you've got some recommendations or taken a list from a directory. You go on their website, and there's a blog post all about wedding photography at that venue. The best places for shoots, angles, what it's like at different times of year, examples of photos taken there, etc. Wow, you think, this photographer really knows their stuff. So much more impressive than one who's just showing a gallery of images. Talking of images, number six. So your ideal client has found your website. What now? Well, basically don't mess it up. (laughs) Now, not everyone who finds your website is going to become a lead. That's fine. We're interested in converting the ones who can be converted. Not your mother, Auntie Norma, or anyone else who has an opinion but isn't a potential customer. We're ignoring those. Sorry, Mum, if you're listening. Episode one of the podcast talked about your homepage, and it's worth listening to that if you haven't already. Because most people will land on your homepage first of all. And you have a fraction of a second to grab someone's attention and show they've come to the right place. And images are vitally important in that impression. So use photos taken by a professional photographer, specifically for you. Stock photos are fine for fill images and indeed a blog, but you need good quality images throughout your website. So not your uncle's best friend's wife. Unless, of course, she happens to be a professional photographer. Good images matter. As I've said before in this podcast, And hey, we're only on episode five. I guess I'm going to be saying it again. One of the best investments you can make is in professional branding photography. Good images matter more than a logo. They give an impression of you and your business. What's that message you're trying to get across? Well, a picture speaks a thousand words, as they say. You also need to use images to show what is possible for your clients. So you often see personal trainers show before and after. Decluttering experts showing the cluttered lounge and then the tidy version once they're finished. I use a lot of images of websites I've built. If you're a product-based business, have some photos of your products in a lifestyle setting. You're selling a dream. So it's the candles around the bath that, you know, doesn't have the children's toys, etc., if you're a wedding florist, show a setup that appeals to your ideal client. One they'd want, one they'd love. Now, it's not going to be the same for every single potential client, and that's why it's important to understand your ideal client before you start. We've grabbed their attention. Next, you need to lead them down a the path to their booking or buying. What do they need to know to take that next step? And it's crucially important to give them that information, but not much more. You don't want to bombard them and then leave because they're bored with things that are irrelevant or they're overwhelmed or they get distracted and don't come back. What do they need to know? Do they need to know the price or at least an indication of price to see if they're in the same budget as you? Do they need to know what they're going to get, both the benefit and the features? What else might they need to know? Okay, number eight, testimonials and case studies. One of the best ways to convince your ideal client that you're the right person for them is to show them what you've done for others. You can use case studies, a gallery, or portfolio to show them. We do this on our website, and in fact, A portfolio page is one of the most visited. And we show websites that appeal to our ideal client. Now, we've designed and built a few that are more corporate in nature, or for the kind of work we no longer really want to do, or industries we're not so keen on working with now. We don't show those. We show the kind of work we want to do more of. Now, it's not a case of me being snooty or hiding rubbish work. We know the full range of our work that we have done historically would confuse our ideal client because they're not all the kind of websites that they're looking for. So we show the kind of work that appeals to our ideal client. And in the case studies, we give some background too because this helps our ideal clients to see themselves working with us. So we might talk about the fact a particular client had built their own website but wanted to reposition themselves either in the nature of the work they do or in the kind of clients that they work with, perhaps increasing their prices. But they knew that they needed to up-level their website to do that because, in fact, many of our ideal clients are in exactly that position. They could see themselves. Testimonials help too. Testimonials, or indeed reviews, whatever you want to call them, are your clients talking about how you help them And somebody else saying that is much more powerful than you. So using testimonials, case studies, and a gallery of images shows your idle client that you've helped people just like them get to where they want to be. And therefore, it stands to reason, you can help them achieve that too. Finally, number nine, asking for the booking or sale. Now, Don't leave your ideal client hanging. Once you've given them the information they need to take the next step, you need to make that next step obvious. Tell them what to do. And use a bright button. Make sure it's in the right places too. If you're booking appointments, let them do that online. Use a tool like Calendly, Acuity Scheduling, or the one I use, Dubsado, to book. If you start to have a back and forward on email... You know the kind. I can do Tuesday. Does 10 a.m. work? What about 2 p.m.? Yes, that works. Oh, now I've got another booking then. You'll waste time and potentially lose them. You want to automate the process as much as possible. Make it easy for them. Don't assume if they want to work with you or buy from you, they'll find a way. It doesn't work like that. People are busy, they get distracted. And they just don't have time to waste. I'm sure I'm not the only one to have put something in my basket, gone to get my credit card, had to deal with a child or husband, and then lost the momentum and not bought. Okay, to conclude, that's it. Nine steps to attracting and booking clients using your website. So let's quickly run through all nine again. Number one, know who you're trying to attract Your ideal client, which cannot be anyone. Number two, think about the message that you're trying to convey. Number three, what is that ideal client who's looking for a service like yours typing into Google? Write a page on your website for each search term they're searching. Number four, use Google My Business. If you don't have an account, get one today (laughs) otherwise go and get some reviews number five blog number six have good quality images taken by a pro for you and use them to tell the story of working with you number seven lead them through the right path of information they need to book number eight use case studies and testimonials to show how you've helped others like them and number nine ask for the booking now, going through your website and checking off all those nine, I appreciate, is quite a bit of work. So choose one. Choose the one that you think is the weakest. And get, why not go and tackle that one? Well, I hope you found that useful. I'd love to know what you think. And I'd love to know which of those nine that you're actually going to do. The best place to find me is over on Instagram, at beyondthekt. Or you can email me at hello at beyondthekitchentable.co.uk.